big warm welcome to you. This is the Aware Parenting Podcast with Lael Stone and Marion Rose, PhD. We have juicy conversations about things that matter in parenting and life. We're exploring all that Aware Parenting has to offer from many different angles, and we are so glad that you're here. Hello and a big warm welcome to you. This is Marion Rose. And I'm Lael Stone. And today we are talking about partners and exes. And this is a topic that we've been asked to speak about a few times now because I think it's a pretty common thing that I find particularly when people come to aware parenting that perhaps one parent is on board with it and it makes a lot of sense to them but the other partner may not be or they come to it a bit slower or it's very confronting. And then, of course, there's the other scenario where, you know, there might be separation in the family and when one parent wants to parent and the other one doesn't and that can also bring up a lot of challenges. So I think it's a topic topic that um, a lot of people will relate to yes and even included as well I think because we what I love about these podcasts is we aim to make them really inclusive so that almost any you know in any scenario you're in you could relate to it we're also going to talk just about if just the times where perhaps things show up in parenting uh, with your partner that even though you may be both on boards that things show up for you both and, and navigating that as well so we really want to make it inclusive so that um, hopefully whatever position you're in this can bring some something useful for you mm. and, it, and the same thing applies also to grandparents or other uh-huh. family members you know yes. who are in our kind of immediate circle but that is also sometimes very challenging for for parents to navigate when they're parents you know have a different opinion on how you should be doing it or how they might respond to your children and that can also feel challenging and confronting and I think what we're going to talk about the same kind of I guess suggestions we're offering apply to everything really so it um you can put whatever personal lens you'd like on it but it's the same and I mean I wanted to start I think this podcast by talking about I think we all want to live in a beautiful fantasy world where you know we totally resonate on parenting and we stay calm and we respond to our children with complete empathy and compassion all the time and you know our house is always clean and you know whatever I think we all have this beautiful fantasy world of how we would love parenting to look and it's often not like that is often messy and there is often lots of edges that come up and it's challenging it's super challenging because you know relationship is what mirrors back to us a lot of our beautiful spots that we need growth around so you know I think this is a bit of a hot topic around how we might ideally like to think it should play out and if our partners don't do the same or our exes don't do the same uh, you know just what an opportunity for growth it is yes and in particular um, if we think about it when when we're partners with someone and then we become parents often that can be a time where we see parts of our partner that we had never seen before and we start to um, question things perhaps in ways we hadn't before and so it's often a really ripe time for put completely new things to show up that we might not have ever believed would show up in our partnership <laughs> because you know inevitably our own our own experiences as children are going to bubble up our own you know whatever paradigm our parents parented in is going to show up strongly and it's it's um 
I think lots of compassion is required around this topic, isn't it? Lots. It's so easy, isn't it? As you're talking, I'm just thinking about it's a miracle we actually all manage to get along because, you know, your wounds and your story comes and your partner's wounds and their story comes and then you bring a little baby into the mix and the baby goes, hey, parents, what do you need to work through? Let me just help you do that. And then we might add another child to the mix. Like it's full on, isn't it? It just really is. It's a hot spot of feelings and stuff coming up. So it's kind of, I almost feel like it's a miracle <laughs> we can get through with some harmony and grace sometimes. It's, yeah, it's really, really big. And I love that. That's why we have to have a lot of compassion. And I think it's why we need to let go perhaps of, you know, if it's not the fantasy way that it's playing out, that it's not because we're failing. It's because, you know, this is, this is challenging terrain. You know, when we're raising children with somebody else and, and especially when we've got a lot of our own stories to uncover. And particularly if we think about it from an aware parenting perspective, if we are aiming to parent in a, a fundamentally new paradigm, which if you've been listening to our podcast, you'll understand how many different ways aware parenting is really so different from what we might call the the domination paradigm or the colonialized paradigm or you know the paradigm that's been going on for more than 2000 years to really take into account the bigness of that where <laughs> here we are doing something very new with completely different um, perspectives of what it is to be a human being and what our aim is as parents and if we add that into the mix of <laughs> all of the different things that we we were brought up in different ways most of us and it's powerful it's powerful isn't it <laughs> it certainly is yeah and i think it'd be great we perhaps marion we should start with you know what it might look like or how it might feel if one parent yes. is on board with the way of parenting and wanting to do it and the other parent not so much. And this can work in any, you know, configuration of coupledom, whether it's same-sex couples, it could be, you know, a, a female and male and, and the dad's really on board and mum may not be like, you know, it's we're all, it, you know, we all turn up in whatever ways we can or whatever ways we've kind of been shown. So, I think I get asked this question a lot, particularly, I guess, with some of the women I work with, is, you know, my partner is more leaning towards the authoritarian parenting perhaps, or, you know, sometimes it's the other way. They, they won't set any limits or, or boundaries and they're very permissive and, and, you know, one parent can see how they're wanting it to roll and the other not so much. And so how do we navigate that? And, you know, I mean, I always come back to firstly with deep compassion for the way our partner parents because they are doing the best job they know how, as are we doing the best job we know how. And I think too, like what I always talk about looking behind the behaviour is always looking at what drives the way we respond. And usually that is because of the way we grew up or from where our own hurts or pains may be. And we're always often working from that place of protection of keeping ourselves safe so firstly to have deep compassion for our partner even if they don't do it the way we want them to or the way that we think it should be i mean that's a big statement the way we want them to <laughs> yep yep this is the way and this is how you should do it <laughs> yes i'm sure many people can go mm, yes i relate to that uh so i think compassion firstly for the way perhaps our partner does do it and having a bit of you know, bigger picture understanding about where they come to from that. I always find, you know, and I also had to do this when I came to aware parenting. I mean, I, as if you've heard our podcasts, you know, I, I read 
um, Aletha Salter's The Wear Baby just was like, whoa, this is a game changer for me. I did say to my husband, hey, I'd really like to try this because we started with our third child when she was a baby. He doesn't read books, so I just kind of said what the book is about. And um, he was like, oh, yeah, I'll give it a go. So he was pretty willing to kind of jump on board and give it a go in the beginning. But then as we got deep into the wear parenting journey, you know, more things turned up and it was tricky trying from what I was learning to then hopefully see that Mike could get that. But what I started with and what I often suggest is just to keep modelling the behaviour. So modelling what it is to meet your children with empathy and compassion, holding a space for their feelings, you know, really looking at what might be going on and then even sharing for yourself, wow, when they had a big cry this afternoon, it brought up my feelings of this. So really just modelling what where parenting can look like and I think I have found over the years that the more I model it even the words I use or what I'm what I'm sharing within my own journey they just translates into the rest of the family so I hear my husband use those same words or my kids even use those words back and so I think that modeling of the behavior is really powerful even if your partner isn't open at all to reading a book or an article or listening to our wonderful podcast uh, that even just starting with modeling how it might look can be a start because it's you know people watch and they learn often by watching and observing and remembering as we've talked about that this way of parenting is so new so you know we often need to see it again and again and again until we actually start to absorb it and go oh Ah, yes, there's something there. I love that. And uh, modeling is so different from a couple of other things that I've seen show up often with partners, uh, which can often end up being quite painful. And again, so much compassion for everyone who's, who's found yourself in this position. One thing I've noticed is if parents, the parent who's got into aware parenting then has a kind of this is the right way and anything else is the wrong way. So it's, it's again, it's, it's um, bringing the old paradigm of right and wrong and good and bad and, and uh, all the old um, kind of structure and to put it around aware parenting and to say, you know, this is the right way and you should do this. And if you're not doing it, this, that, you know, it's so it's, and of course this is so common like whenever we learn something new, we're still, we're, we're still integrating it ourselves. We're still, so we're, we're often bringing those old paradigm ways of looking at things. But I think what often will happen, I've seen that in lots of families, is then that the partner who's brought it in often becomes in a dynamic of kind of like the, the slightly harsh, the harsh parent and the other partner becomes their own child they become their child self who was often either shamed or punished or told they weren't doing things right or that they should do it this way and there was a right and a wrong and then they'll often go into either shame or shutdown or um or you know no I don't want to do it or no I can't do anything right or all of those things and so often ends up into this dynamic of the of one becomes the kind of harsh parent of the history and the other one becomes the the child of the history and that often ends up really really painful because of course the the person who's bringing aware parenting in is wanting to bring in these new ways and, and it often ends up just not happening because actually the old ways of parenting are coming in 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 that kind of meta level i don't think i explained that as clearly as i want to but i hope that is i hope it's love clear. it no i i love how you bring these pieces in because even when we're thinking about what to talk 
about I'm like oh god I didn't even think about that element I love that Marin I love where you always go I, I still learn so much from talking to you well it's so mutual often I, in the week I'll go oh Lael said so and so I love that learning I totally love that and I see that all the time too actually as you're talking I'm like it's so true because yes it's the pace of being out of balance on some level which whether with whichever way we swing whether we're too much into it's got to look like this and the control piece on it is is really big and as you say can be very very painful for what it brings up which i guess is what brings us to another big piece of you know when we bring two people together to raise a child is that stuff is going to pop up and you know one of the the greatest pieces of work that you can do as the one perhaps that really is into aware parenting is of course to lean back into what does this show up for me? You know, what is this about for me? How my partner parents, you know, what's it bringing up for me? What does that remind me of? What do I have to look at in my own stuff? So I can come back to a place of more compassion and acceptance and trust within it, which is, I mean, that's one of the most powerful pieces in this, isn't it? And you can apply that to your in-laws you can apply it to your own parents you can apply it to your sister you can apply it to your ex you can apply it to anybody who's in that the circle of your family when it really does bring up some of those other stories for you and what is it that they are mirroring to you that you need to work through to come back to that place of empathetic connection Mm, i love that another common theme that I found in partners and I imagine you have too is that often again if it is it's I've seen it more likely in if it's the woman bringing aware parenting in and passionate about it and really wanting her male partner to listen to her child's feelings and to avoid punishments or power over or authoritarian parenting and what I've often seen is then the way that their partner responds to the child if they find it hard to listen to feelings or they try to distract from crying or they go into uh, power over or, or punishment is that I've noticed that then often for the, for the woman, she will go more into her little girl part in her relationship with her father who didn't listen to her feelings, who used power over. And, and again, that can make it very sticky if we're trying to, be an advocate for our child in order to be an advocate for our child and to relate to our partner as a partner we need to listen to that little girl in us or have our empathy buddy or our therapist or whoever it is listening to to those feelings because otherwise if we keep seeing through the lens of those hurts and the feelings we didn't get to have heard by our own father the ways we you know receive that authoritarian um, parenting it's going to get really painful because if we see them through that lens, we can be sure that they're going to also be seeing us through some kind of lens of their own childhood. It's not, it's not going to support our parenting. So that inner reparenting work is so important. And again, we did a podcast on, on the inner reparenting work as well, if you want to look more at that. Absolutely. Again, it's just making me sit here and go, God, it's a miracle that we actually can have harmony. <laughs> it's so big isn't it it's wow so much stuff in there it's wow it's amazing it's amazing it really is if you want a spiritual practice just try and raise your kids consciously i just always say that (laughs) sit on a mountain and meditate for 10 years yeah easy easy it's a holiday (laughs) (laughs) i love that 
<laughs> oh, that's so good. Um, uh, on some more practical levels too, I would say, you know, if your partner is in a different place with parenting, one of the things that I found super helpful is that um, with my husband, you know, perhaps when there was a time where things got heated with the kids and he might have yelled or he'd moved into a bit more of that authoritarian element with them, uh, in the moment, you know, I'd often start to panic and be like, oh, God, I've got to keep this calm and it's not okay. And I learned over time that I had to really trust what was going on for everybody's growth. So what I did learn to do was to just make myself really available and calm and be in that space and sometimes just as calmly as I can would say, see that everybody's getting really upset now. How about we all just take a time out for a second? And just anything that would sometimes just kind of um, just dissolve the hotness in that moment to just actually try and just hold because nobody was really getting their needs met. And then it would usually dissolve. And then I would often go and connect in with the kids and just be there to listen to their feelings of how they, they felt like that felt unfair or I'm mad about that piece or whatever. Um, and then usually once everything had calmed down and this is sometimes an hour or two later, I would go and say to my husband, how did that feel for you? How did that feel going down with the kids? Now, sometimes he'd turn around to me and say, don't aware parent me. <laughs> and I'd go, okay, we're not going to talk about this now. Um, and other times he'd be like, oh, I didn't feel good or that kind of stuff. And I would so gently just say, what, what does it feel like for you? Like that must have felt really hard, honey, because I could see you got really mad. And, and I would just sit there with some real loving compassion for where he was at and, um, and, you know, he would most of the time or nearly, you know, all the time he would soften into what was going on for him and then we'd talk about it a little bit more. And and then what he would do of his own accord would go and repair with the kids and just say, I'm really sorry I behaved in that way or this is what happened. And I really trusted that that was just part of their dynamic and what they needed to do. Equally, he has done that for me too because there has been times where I have not responded in my best self, <laughs> which we all do, and he's managed to kind of come in and turn it around a little bit and um, and hold a space for me for whatever's come up there. So equally, we have both been able to sometimes call each other out on our behaviour but also hold a space to see where it is. And we've eventually worked, you know, worked on that over the years and we've done a lot of work on that. And, and my biggest piece, which I, I say to parents too, is that one of the things I really wanted to do was to empower my kids to be able to speak their truth when it didn't feel like we were connected. And that's one of the greatest things I've seen is that when either of us get really fired up or we're out of our center, that our kids now will just call us out on that. And to me, that is powerful, amazing. It gives them their autonomy over their voice and just how that feels for them. And I see then the beauty of them having that experience to know how to do that in the real world and that we facilitated that for them to be able to have that. So I see the beauty sometimes of when it doesn't feel good, when things feel rocky, when there's that shadow there, there is always the contrast that gives us the opportunity for repair, for healing, to do our own work and also give our children the opportunity to learn how to navigate situations like that in life because that is going to turn up. So it's I see that as a gift on many levels that can sometimes um, be present. Yes, such a big yes. And I love what you said about when he said, I don't know what sometimes said, don't aware parent me. Cause I often <laughs> think that the, the, 
the, I, certainly for me, the journey was starting off like really focusing on my child, my, well, my daughter, I'm going to, I'm going to do this aware parenting thing to you. And then I soon realized it was about me and myself as well. And then I soon realized that actually I was going to need to learn how to respond in these ways with compassion, all of that with my then partner, who's been my ex-partner for nearly 10 years now. And I found that part the hardest. I don't know about you, and I imagine everyone's different, but it was it was so much easier to to be doing this aware parenting thing with with my daughter, to then actually start thinking, ah, oh, rather than being in more of the reactive mode with her dad, it's like, oh, okay, to actually see the little boy in him and to respond with compassion and empathy, and and I found it quite a journey and and an amazing one. You know, I what I love now is that even though we're, we've been separated for a long time, that that is really, really helpful that I can go in and offer empathy to him. Or if there's everyone's got some feelings, I can, you know, I can suggest things or, you know, actually see most of the time, 95% of the time, see him through those eyes of compassion, really understand all the things you're saying. So mm. it's, it's a big, I, well, anyway, I, I think what I'm trying to say is for me, that was, that was the hardest bit of the journey to, to practice that with him, I think. Because it's not just a we're parenting our children. It's a we're parenting ourselves. It's a yep. we're parenting relationships. It's, yep. it's in everything. And you're exactly right. When I could turn up to my partner with deep empathy and compassion and hold a space for him, then the, the little boy parts of him or the parts that were wounded would often be heard for the first time, felt and shifted. And he would do the same for me. He would hold that space for me to turn up when that those painful parts of the little girl within me were showing up in my parenting to do it, which is, you know, it's such a gift. It's such a gift. But sometimes that takes a lot of work to get there. And, you know, I will say to anybody listening, if you're sitting there thinking, oh, we are nowhere near there, then I would really just come back to doing your work, doing the work for you, holding the vision of what you want, holding mm-hmm. the vision of of having that as a partnership or as a relationship and and doing the work for yourself, you know, and, and hopefully your partner will rise to that as well or they will find their own way and you'll find your place in that. So, you know, it's we talk about aware parenting. I talk about aware parenting as a long game. It's not a short fix, like let's do this and then our kids will be awesome and do whatever we want. Uh, this is a long game. <laughs> it's a bigger <laughs> picture. And sometimes that is about really trusting and holding a vision for a bigger picture. And sometimes you just, you know, I've said, suggested to to you know parents i've worked with whose partners aren't on board you can just suggest some articles for them to read often it is easier for a partner to hear it from somebody else that's not not their spouse um listening to the podcast i often find that many mums i work with bring their partners along to my workshops and it's only in the workshops where the partners are hearing it from someone else they go oh my god that's amazing and the women are sitting there going i've been saying the same thing <laughs> but they need to hear it from somebody else which is you know again really totally fine so there are many different ways to start to plant the seeds i think to 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 see how that aligns and sometimes it doesn't align sometimes i've worked with parents who you know, this is a non-negotiable thing, the way that, that the parenting is happening and they realise that maybe they aren't meant to be with that person and that, you know, this is kind of the catalyst for the change. And even though I know that we don't really want that, that sometimes that is, you know, that is the bigger picture. 
Mm. Another thing I found quite common, again, in heterosexual partnerships where it's the woman who's into where parenting is, often dads will be more comfortable with something like attachment pay, for example. So it might be really supporting and encouraging and, you know, celebrating the attachment play that perhaps he might do and how wonderful that is. And just knowing what a difference that's making to your child while, while knowing that perhaps he might have less capacity for listening to crying or setting loving limits. But so sometimes it can be also seeing, okay, where it might not be the way I want it to look, but where actually has he got skills and gifts that aren't so easy for me. I remember that being a really helpful thing to, to come to terms with in in my journey relationship journey thingy bobby (laughs) Mm, totally Uh, yeah i I would absolutely agree with that i find that my husband's excellent at play and silliness and fun and everyone's always telling me i'm way too serious but i'm really a master of tears and crying (laughs) we've kind of got a book now where um you know one of my daughters was upset earlier today and my husband's like Oh, she needs some tears. He goes, but we've really got to do some work. So could, can you do like a quick cry session? <laughs> I was like, I'll try to keep it to 10 minutes, see how we go. We were having a laugh about it. And he's like, no, no, take your time. But he was like, I can go in there, but she'll probably do better quality with you. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. And, you know, we just know that and I am good at that. So it feels better for me, even though he can definitely do it. But, yeah, I think it is also those beautiful mirrors of seeing you know where our own stuff turns up for sure again it is such a journey of self-inquiry isn't it so big so is i really remember the the day i literally remember the moment where uh when i find it hard to use words when my children's father was we were still living together and there was one time he was just really happy doing his thing and he wasn't he was just doing his thing and he wasn't kind of going he wasn't feeling guilty (laughs) he wasn't stopping himself doing what he's doing and I was like do you know what rather than feeling resentful or jealous I'm just going to learn a little bit of how it might be to hold that position of feeling really comfortable with uh, meeting my own needs and that was that was a really pivotal moment in my own journey around aware parenting in those early days and I think so often and particularly as women we can think you know I want if it's a male partner, I want my partner to be like a like me, basically, <laughs> and they're, and they're not because they are they're just another human being. So how can we see where we can actually learn from them? And there might be these skills and gifts that actually, the more we're willing to learn from them, the more they're probably also going to be willing to actually learn from us. I love that. That's so true. That's amazing. <laughs> especially that piece about how they would might relate to that. My husband would just get on with doing what he's doing and there's no other, doesn't need to be anywhere else that he feels guilty. Yeah, totally. And I'm doing all the things and trying to do it all and being resentful all at the same time. <laughs> I love that. Thing. Yeah, that's so good. I'm wondering, Marion, if you want to perhaps talk about what it, what it can be like or I guess, you know, when partners do split and you know there are children involved and and I often get messages around this around how to support children when there is separation when there is divorce all those kind of things to really you know help our children navigate what that may be like do you want to offer some suggestions around that I always like to offer suggestions based on things that I learned through what I didn't do (laughs) so (laughs) one of the things I really if I could go back and do that whole process again is I would get more emotional support for Mm -hmm. myself because 
it was probably one of the hardest times in my life and I did get support but not enough not nearly enough and it would have been a really um, big gift to my children if I let myself have more emotional support so that would be one thing I would say is the more you know if we are in a really hard emotional state it's really really hard to support our children through a through also a hard time for them you know it can be a really massive thing for children i think for most children they the the kind of the dream is the mum and the dad together or you know the 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 two parents together and it's a big loss there's often a lot of powerlessness and all kinds of big feelings and if we are flooded with our own feelings and um, particularly if we've got a whole load of unexpressed rage and all of those things sitting there, it's going to be, we're just going to have so much less capacity to support them. And so that would be my number, number, number one thing to, to offer. Um, and really for me, that was the most important piece of work that I did is really just a top, top notching, um, doing my own emotional processing around all the feelings I had, because I realized really quickly that if I was going to be holding on to a whole lot of um, harsh thoughts or, um, uh, you know, kind of resentment type feelings, it was not of helpful to anybody else. It wasn't helpful for my kids. It wasn't helpful for me. So I just needed to do shed loads of emotional processing for those first two or three years, I would say, in order to 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 do which what the next the third thing i would offer which is you know my aim is always to um to not say harsh things about their dad to um, go away and do my own processing that certainly didn't happen in those early days i certainly did cry in front of them i certainly you know there were times i acted in ways i didn't want to um but i i was always really careful about what i said about him in front of them so that i really wanted to support them to have a you know a really loving relationship with him as well as me so that was one of the really important things and and because I did so much work in those first years we then quite quickly got this really most of the time really great um, co-parenting relationship because um, you know we stayed connected and we could talk about things and um, you know, I was going to even share the story about last night. We ended up just just out of randomness because <laughs> I still don't have another partner that me and uh, my children's dad and his partner and their two children and and my two children we all went out together on valentine's night together and had a wonderful time <laughs> so i probably would not have ever imagined that could happen 10 years ago but keep on just pouring a whole lot of love and compassion in you'll never know what can come out of it so um, i love yeah. that and I, <laughs> I really love all that advice you gave marion and uh, you know in in working with some parents who've navigated this i definitely have seen too the amount of holding they get for their own feelings and what they can work with absolutely gives them the greater capacity to hold the space for their children because of course kids are going to have big feelings around mummy and daddy not being together or however that dynamic looks um you know how he's going between two two houses all the kind of stuff that goes on and of course what we say is that you know and i really do believe these children can navigate 
a lot of stuff. You know, they're actually incredibly resilient beings when they have a safe person to offload with. Sorry, my puppy, you know, we talk about my dog is here. He's <laughs> snoring next to me. So apologies <laughs> for the snorts. If you can hear them, it's not me. It's the dog. We should call the We're Parenting Podcast Without Dogs. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, bringing a bit of lightness to that heavy topic we were just talking about them. Um, so I think that piece absolutely of that a child, and I really do believe this, can, you know, heal and navigate a lot of tricky stuff when there is someone there to help them offload how they're feeling in those moments. And of course, as we say, in order for us to hold that space for our kids, we have to have that held for us. We have to have done our work so that we can sit in that space. And, you know, on a practical level, I'm sure many parents have shared with me that when kids are going between two houses, often when they come back, if you are the person that is really available to listen to their feelings, then as soon as they come back, they're really going to need to offload those feelings. And it may be that you just factor in that, you know, if your child has been away for a night or a few days, when they come back that first hour or two is of connection and holding space and listening to feelings and and welcoming them absolutely welcoming whatever's gone on for them when they have been with that other parent um so you know i know that that's a really big thing for um many parents and and also to that the child is allowed to feel deeply upset around how it looks. So they're allowed to say it's not fair and, uh, you know, I wish it was like this and like that. And, and again, so often our knee-jerk reaction is to justify or to try and make better. But often children just really need to hear, yes, that must be so hard. And I can hear how challenging that is for you and, and just the acknowledgement that they feel annoyed and upset that it isn't the way they want it to be. And I think too is right is really knowing that for each child they're going to respond to it differently. And so I really remember in our family, my daughter who was eight at the time. She was actually the one who started drawing all these kinds of pictures of all of us. And then the um, uh, the twins came along. So uh, it's, just, it's just so complicated. You know what I mean? The twins, which is my children's siblings, they came along quite soon after. And so she was constantly drawing pictures of this new family constellation. With, and it's always all of us. It was always all of us in the picture. And she, uh, she really taught me a lot because I kept on seeing her vision, which was like, there's, there's a way of staying connected within this that even though it doesn't look like a traditional family in some way, there is there. This is the new family system. So I I learned a lot from her, and for my son it was very very different. He was only four, and he for him it was a lot of powerlessness, and for him the powerlessness showed up. And as I've shared a million times before in the podcast, from he went from being so calm and relaxed and gentle and da di da di da to hitting and headbutting and biting. And you know, that's often a really um, clear behavioral indication of, of, of extreme powerlessness. Because, of course, for, for children, they, you know, he didn't get to choose that scenario. He didn't get to choose in any way, shape or form. And so, yeah, just to, to know that for each child, they, they may show things in really different ways. And for some children, they may seem like they're fine, but they may suddenly be biting their nails all the time or picking their nose all the time or just wanting to read all the time so understanding about repression mechanisms and dissociation is also really helpful from the mm. web parenting perspective so i think it's also really um again the more the more 
emotional support we have, the, the more we can actually observe and really see what's happening for a child. And then we can move in using the aware parenting principles and practices to support them with that. Or get other people, or actually get on board other people who can support and help as well. Mm, yes, I was going to suggest that too. That can sometimes be really amazing for kids to do things like play therapy or be in places where they can play and they get it out where it is, you know, that it's because it, sometimes the feelings are about you, you know, yes, and they or bring both you. parents. It's both yes. parents, so they need to yes. talk to someone else. <laughs> yes, totally. And they absolutely support that as well, that they sometimes need an outside safe space to actually go. And the other thing I would love to add to that too is trusting again, timing. I always talk about trust and timing that, you know, the separation may have just happened, but. The child will always kind of, I really trust this, that kids will move this stuff when they're ready and it feels safe enough. And that might be a year or two later. It might be that in that time of separation, they feel that perhaps, you know, you aren't able to hold those big feelings or they need to keep it together for some reason. And then a year or two later, that's when it may turn up because it, you maybe feel more resourced to hold it or they just feel like they have, you know, I don't know, something comes up for them that they're able then to express that in another way. So it's trusting the timing as well. Mm. I find that so helpful to know. Then some things can take more than two years, three mm. years, four years even, or, or themes can even start to show up again at certain times. Like if there's a powerlessness theme, for example, that might show up at another time. Or if it's a separation theme, it might show up not another you know maybe going off to um high school or something so it's really really again if we if we're aware of these themes for our children and ourselves we can be you know watching out and, and understanding what's happening when those bubble up again mm, totally yes and it is you know again what i love about our parenting is that we can often move into this well, what should i do and how do i fix it and that kind of stuff instead of actually just sitting back and watching and observing and really trusting that our children will bring what they need to move if there's enough spaciousness and enough holding for them to do it so sometimes it is as you mentioned so beautifully is taking care of ourselves so deeply getting the support we need working through our own story so that we are able to hold enough space for our children and to move whatever they need to move with whatever's going on and, and you know separation of families or divorce or all that kind of stuff you know their their feelings are going to be there and these are similar feelings to other big things that might happen if your child has something where they have to go to hospital if it's about going to kindergarten we our kids are always going to have something that is going to bring up different feelings because we're human and and I believe we need the contrast sometimes to move back into where we are and and so you know even though this can be a very painful thing I really always come back to trusting that our natural capacity is to heal and to feel connected and that you know our job as parents is to as much as we possibly can keep creating those spaces for that to happen yes <laughs> <laughs> It so much keeps coming back to, doesn't it? It's like, what what do we need to do for ourselves so that we have that increased capacity to to really be there for them and for them to do what they need to do? That which they're. That I love about where parenting. I was writing about it today. Is that deep, deep? As you talk about the trust, but in a, in a child's wisdom and actually in a human being's wisdom for. I'm repeating what you said, but for for healing and. The, the, given the environment and the timing that is going to happen 
and it mm. and it may not be when we would most love it to be mm. but if we just keep on increasing our self-compassion and doing our work it's going to happen it will happen and i i've worked with quite a few parents where where we've come to after exploring some of these practical stuff is exactly as what lana was doing you're holding a vision of harmony for the family even though you might not have seen it at the time as a parent to actually really hold a vision for what you want it to look like what do I want this to look like? And even though it may be messy and feel challenging right now, their greater vision is that there is harmony and that there is deep respect and there is grace. There is all the things that feel important for you, even though you might not know how that can look, but to hold a bigger overarching picture of that's what it can feel like, you know, so that we're remembering that even though the messy times that we may have to work through that sometimes that's what we need to do in order to get to the places for our own growth, for everybody's growth to have that, which I see what you is what you have done so beautifully in your family, Marion Mm -hmm. is, you know, all that work and trust and holding and listening to get to the place of where you're all out for Valentine's dinner. (laughs) And I hear how much you talk about, you know, your love and care for your, your kids, I love what you call them, your, your children's yeah. siblings. What do you call them? So, well, I, uh, yeah, that's, I, that's why I'm a bit stumbling over my words because that we, instead of stepmother or any of that, mm. the, Ruth is her name, she's, she's my children's, we call them the um, sibling mother and I'm the mm. twins sibling mother, which because in my relationship you don't normally get a name, but I, have, yes. I get to have a name as well. <laughs> and I, I'm so grateful for those two lovely beings in my mm. life and what they've brought to 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 my life so uh, you know what when you were talking about it then I was thinking gosh it really is true she was drawing those pictures 10 years ago and that did happen and we we are living that so amazing Mm. yeah the wisdom the wisdom of children (laughs) that's so good isn't it yeah yes I love it I love it is there anything else you want to offer Marion Oh, I just think so much love for us all. Just partnership in itself is like, it's such a big thing, isn't it? Whether it's your partner or your ex or whether you're thinking there might be your ex soon or I don't know if they're your new partner. And whoever it is, I mean, it's just a big journey, intimacy and relationship and throw in parenting as well. I, I just feel so much compassion for for us all and and I love what you kept on bringing it's like it's a miracle really <laughs> it's a miracle that we mm. we that we get to navigate these things in ways that um you know that actually ends up being a whole lot more joy and a whole lot less pain yes yes and this is part of the journey isn't it that each generation We're hoping we develop a deeper level of consciousness and awareness as our kids will. And, you know, if you've put your hand up to do the work, then I salute you because it's hard. It takes courage. But, you know, the work that you do now on yourself, on relationships, that kind of stuff is only going to benefit your children and your grandchildren and all those kind of things moving forward. So it's, um, yeah, it's a big thing, but it's powerful, super powerful. (sighs) I must have a sense we could do a part two of this some sometime. Mm. So much more to talk about. But there I have is, a sense this is coming to an end. Do you have yes, that sense? I that do, this is I do. <laughs> so do you want to what what would be your offering around this topic, Marion? <laughs> um 
I just I would just like to invite everyone to just put their arms around themselves like this, <laughs> just to, to give yourselves a big hug about whatever situation you're in, <laughs> even if that's like right now you and your partner are you have a partner and you're mad in love and everything's going wonderfully, or you know you're in something that's a little bit more painful or very painful, just to to give yourself some love around it. That's all. That's all I have really. <laughs> yeah, and I think. I would also offer the, uh, yeah, on top of that, whether it is your in-laws or your parents yeah. or your cousin or your ex-partner or your ex-partner's partner or <laughs> your partner, whatever it is, um, to just remember or see if you can feel into that we are all doing the best job we know how and that we are all operating from this place of keeping ourselves safe and that's often why we behave in the way we do and I find it more we can remember that the more compassion it gives us to move into our hearts to see what the bigger picture is and also to meet them with that compassion because it just you know it takes two people who are in the fire (laughs) to keep those arguments going and it just takes one person to be able to move into their heart and hold you know see what is really going on to allow the fire to dissipate and dissolve so you know maybe you can be that person so I find that it's super helpful whenever I feel challenged by somebody that I have to come back to moving into going, okay, I have to remember that, you know, they too are doing the best job they know how and um, how could I meet them with compassion and that often changes how I see things. So I hope that that offers some, uh, what's the word? I don't know. It just helps. <laughs> It's getting all eloquent now. It's like nah, nothing left. <laughs> uh, I really have a sense I haven't been at all eloquent tonight, but there we go. <laughs> <laughs> this is the real element of the podcast, isn't it? That you're going to get wherever we're at. Yeah. Yep. Which is where it is. Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's beautiful. Do we have any resources to offer? We'll, we'll share them in the, in the mm. thing if we do. I don't really know of any books around this topic or those kind of things. I mean, I think there's a lot of, well, of course, there's lots of beautiful parenting books and, of course, Aletha's work around just looking at our own stories and our own, you know, what we're bringing to the table, which is always some beautiful self-inquiry, that's for sure. But I'm not sure around exes and stuff like that. Mm. You don't have a course on this, do you? (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what? Michael and I have often thought about doing a course. We just haven't quite got around to doing it because it, I, be I would love to. I would love to do that one day. But Gosh, clearly, that would be powerful. That would yeah. be so brilliant to have it from both of your perspectives. And gosh, that would be a whole different element, wouldn't it, of navigating separation? Gosh, that would be amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you everybody for being with us again. You know, please feel free to share our podcast or send us a message with what you would love us to talk about. And, you know, feel free to put a comment or anything, (laughs) you know, (laughs) getting worse and worse, this sign out. (laughs) (laughs) So much, so much love. Yeah. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on the Aware Parenting Journey. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Aware Parenting Podcast. You can find more about Lael at www.laelstone.com.au or find Marion at www.marionrose.net. We wish you much compassion and grace on your parenting journey.